the Dog Zone 9000, the official zone of 1900hotdog.com, the very last comedy website. Go there. Support us on Patreon, where all text and picture jokes have left. I'm Sean Baby, the internet's first funnyman, but my co-host is No Laughing Matter. He was Serious Business Magazine's runner-up for most serious summer hunk, the great Robert Brockway. Uh, here's a Brockway fact. I'm only appearing in this podcast because I lost a lawsuit. My, uh, my lawyer advises no follow-up questions. Yeah, I don't have any. I think that uh, that explains it all. We're joined by a uh, columnist for 1-900-HOT-DOG and co-founder of the podcast network Gamefully Unemployed, the also great Tom Ryman. Hey, it's me. Thank you. I'm back. Welcome Thanks. again. <laughs> uh, you're the perfect guest today because, uh, as Brockway said, like when you came on uh, to our website, uh, normally columnists take a couple of uh, articles to get their feet under them, and you're just like fucking 1995 all the time. <laughs> what's, and, what's my thing? What's my thing? I don't know what my thing is. Like, nope, it's this year, just this year. I didn't even real. I didn't even realize it was my thing until you guys pointed it out. <laughs> Which was yeah. it? Like the, your third column? We're like, these are all from 1995. <laughs> it's like every single movie you're writing about is from like 1994 to 96. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom era. This is the only. I stopped being interested. 1995 calls the sweet spot. Even the stuff that's even, even this. Even the stuff that's not movies like Overpower. That's 95. Like that's that, yeah. that's the year that I exist in. <laughs> those Doom novels are, were those 95? You you bet your well actually the first God one was 94 right but were. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it was the I oh, think we'll prove uh, with no, this podcast. Wait, no, you're fucking right. It was 95. You're absolutely right. It was 95. <laughs> yep, it was 95. <laughs> let me let me tell you what my brain did. Let me tell you how my how my fucking um, uh, mind palace works. So my brain has linked that first novel forever to Sylvester Stallone's uh, Judge Dredd because they came out the same summer. And and in my brain erroneously a second ago was like Judge Dredd was 94. No, it wasn't. It was 95. So that's how that's how my mind palace solved that riddle. It's in the giant. It's in the bigger pile, titled 1995. It's in the, ju- <laughs> the Judge Dread Chamber of it's 1995. In pile, it's in the in the pile of garbage I'm building to heaven. There's more than one thing in my memory that's tied to Judge Dread starring Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it's a great foundation, I think. Like build it all on top. It's of solid. Judge it's really solid. Yeah. Mine is all Rob Schneider. The whole foundation is just Rob Schneider. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, starring? Starring Sylvester Stallone? Co-starring, at best. That's true. That's fair. That's entirely fair, yeah. But um, we're talking about Theodore Rex today, I guess. And, (laughs) of course, from 1995. I I probably should have mentioned that. We were just so focused on the era. They read Uh, read the title. They know. (laughs) I don't even know if this was a movie of its era. It feels like it is... Just from the wrong universe, more so than anything we talk about. It does. It feels uh, and there's like, a lot of reasons like for somebody's that. making fun of 1995. Like in yeah. 1995. It's, like don't quite get it. Like like a bad bully is doing it. It's six different movies that collided in 1995. Like they were right. all they were all traveling to different points in the time stream, and this is where they intersected. Yeah, it's a quivering wad of flesh that happened after six movies collided. That's just it's a real Ron Silver. Killed. It's a real Ron Silver. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a teleporter time accident. Ron Silver. <laughs> yeah, of a movie. Uh, it beg, it, it, if so it could I, speak, it would beg for death. I think is, we can all agree. Yeah. But it has no have, mouth. 
yet it must scream. I have detailed notes of like the plot, and I, th- I think we should go through the plot um, as faithfully as possible without getting ahead of ourselves. But I do want to talk about like the background of the movie. I think uh, we should too. I was wondering yes, just so I, okay, I was wondering context. if you were going to do this because I, I couldn't decide which was the better way to do it up front or to do it at the back. If we're going to do it up front, I kind of agree. I kind of agree that that's the right approach. Because you right, have because to know. Because then everything we right. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you're absolutely There's right. There's too everything many twists. Like if we if we talked about the entire movie and like say the audience hasn't heard of Theodore Rex and we're like, here's this movie and it's very silly, and then at the end we're like. Oh, and also it was all these other things. I feel like that's there's too many twists. Right. I feel like we need to put it up front, and then everything we say yeah. thereafter are the footnotes. Because watching it again, exactly. like with this knowledge, footnote, it's so nihilistic. Like this movie just fucking hates yeah, to be. Like it doesn't. Listen, everybody hates it. <laughs> listen, this was like the template for so many columns I wrote for Cracked because so many things I wrote about were these obscure-ass movies like Theodore Rex that 178 people have seen. So I always had to really... Yeah. I had to explain what the movie was so that I can then make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I, of course, uh, as a crack writer for many years, I, I had just a zillion column ideas. And I love this movie. I love how it's insane and the backstory is insane. But oh, like, this is one of my um, new favorites, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with writing like a cracked list is you see something like this and you're like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll make a list based on that. But you're like, no, this is so uniquely fucked up. Like the, you can't make a list of like, hey, here's a list. Like, this of should movies be a documentary. See the principal star to be in it. it. Like that's not a list. Here's it, a, movies with cop, def- dinosaur sidekicks. It defies the list format. <laughs> it's nothing. Yes, it's it's <laughs> far too expansive for the list format. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> we I don't gotta, know how okay. we're gonna do it in a podcast. We gotta <laughs> explain it. We gotta explain it. We gotta explain. Uh, yeah. It. Okay. What happened? So this was uh, written and directed by uh, John Batul. He was the, the writer of my science project in The Last Starfighter, which I think is kind of perfect because those were both really big and weird movies, but one is a timeless classic and the other one no one liked or remembered. And Theodore Rex combines like all four of those things. Like this is just timelessly terrible and no one will ever remember it properly. No one will remember um, it fondly, but I'd like, as soon as you know absolutely. about it, you will never forget about it as just like a cautionary tale. As like I was as say, a tale I, of okay. man's hubris, I th- perhaps. I, I think that everyone who remembers it remembers it properly. Okay. Yeah, as a as a terrible mistake. Yeah, it's like uh you know how we well, had to come up <laughs> with like a language so that several generations in the future will remember like where nuclear waste is buried? Like, I think it's that. I think this is, like, that okay. that language. We're teaching that language in movie form. Like, you might not know what it, human English is in the year 2600, but you would watch this and be like, oh, something terrible is here. Like, we should, we should the, watch it. In the year Atari 2600. It's, uh, the, it's the Challenger explosion of rubber dinosaur movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they, it says that on the box. It does. <laughs> it's a quote from Lizzie Goldberg. <laughs> Gene Shallot pull quote. <laughs> so the movie was historical in a few ways. It was the uh, when they decided not to release it in the theaters, it became the most expensive direct-to-video movie ever made at the time. This cost thirty-three and a half million dollars to make. Um, it doesn't look also cheap. The, yeah, no, no it's nineteen ninety-five it money. It's yeah. it looks like yeah. shit. It has like a 
but it doesn't look cheap. But it, does, it looks it like shit. Look cheap. And it looks like it was a really hard job to make it look like shit. It looks it like it was looks exhausting. Like a really, yeah. A really fierce shit. A really hard shit. You can feel like the insecurity, but the effort. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's a real. De- it looks depressing, a- but in a, I mean, it looks shitty, but in a depressing way. Right. Right. Like someone tried to make, like a foreigner tried to make Batman Returns and just really blew it, which is almost exactly what happened here. Um, <laughs> so that, uh, I think the Razzies are kind of stupid. Like they're uh, oh, kind of like insult comedy for people who clip Marmaduke. Yeah. Like and they're it's all, real normie they, shit. They, they really, they play around in transphobic jokes a lot too. It's the, the fuck the Razzies. They suck. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. But yep. um, you could sort of use it as a barometer for how much people were making fun of something. And this was the very first straight to video movie nominated for a Razzie, uh, which you find as a trivia factoid whenever you look this movie up. So it's something just to keep in mind that, like, the second this came out, people were making fun of it. Like, right, like, the, 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 the cultural penetration of this movie was way more than a standard direct-to-video movie would have been. Like, they Agreed. had yeah. they had this standard clearly because making fun of, if, if you nominated direct-to-video movies for the Razzies, then it's just fucking anything. Then you'll wind up with some shit nobody's right. ever heard of. So it was too low-hanging fruit for them, and they decided to break that qualification for this movie. They're like, we're making an exception <laughs> for this piece of shit. Congratulations. Yeah, get in here, Theodore Rex. It's the Theodore Rex clause. It's in the bylines now. Right, but to be to be clear, the Razzies are the girls gone wild of the Oscars. So, like, like who gives a fuck? Yes, but for sure. <laughs> it, that would be a, a serious red flag if someone knew anything about the Razzies or, yeah. or was really interested in following them. <laughs> if someone said, hey, come over to my house for a Razzies party, I would never <laughs> go to that person's house under any circumstances. That's a felon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'd go there to like rescue the hitchhikers they have in their basement. Right. Like, I was exactly. just about Not to, to say, like, you check the basement. There were some bolt cutters. Yeah. That's, that's a basement red flag. That is, that is a basement confession if there ever is one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the most famous movie, or f- famous story from the movie is that Whoopi Goldberg uh, didn't want to do it. She, she saw the script and she's like, fuck this. Uh, it's the only movie she claims to regret making. And she made a lot of fucking bad movies. Um, but apparently she agreed to be in the movie for $5 million. And after she backed out uh, and said, fuck you, Last Starfighter, uh, they're like, no, you have to do it. So Richard Aberson uh, sued her. The producer of Pee Wee's Playhouse sued her for $20 million. And Jesus. Whoopi Goldberg was like, okay, fine. I'll do the movie, but for $7 million. So she negotiated down from $20 million to negative $2 million, which is pretty good negotiation. And uh, <laughs> But they had to sue but you her can, like, to get her you, in the they movie. They had to sue her. Get her it's to be the in most. the movie. I want, I want to remind you that Whoopi Goldberg is not, in 1995, Whoopi Goldberg is not star of the view... Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg right. is Academy Award winner. Whoopi Goldberg. Exactly. In 1995. <laughs> like she's a major yeah, cultural she, figure at this point. And she yeah, realized. She's the huge star they attached to the movie to get it made. With exactly. Hork, because that, she, agreed, they, she agreed that's in why, 92. That's, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so like she didn't that's know. Why they, the, <laughs> that's prime Whoopi. I just wanted to now, say that. To be that, fair, I, I think Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg is the Nicolas Cage of black women. And wait, wait, wait! I gotta look up if I can say that. <laughs> you can't. No, you can't. we gotta cut it. The, the the point I'm trying to make is she's sometimes brilliant and funny, and other times just like like 
a charmless weirdo, a grouch. Right? Maybe she's a Tommy Lee Jones. She's, I think she's, she might anyway, be more of a Tommy Lee Jones, but like I was gonna say, in terms of this movie, it feels more Nicolas Cage because like yeah, she's she's not she's not shit she's like she's not sandbagging this movie. She's performing the scenes that she's in. It's just you God, can you I can you can tell she's not fucking. You can tell she's not giving it her all, but yes. she's not like sandbagging it. She's not like dead reading stuff there, and, and shit like that. Imagine okay. like okay, imagine her scenario. Like you have just signed up for a job. You've said, "Oh, okay, I'm going to accept this job." And then before they even hire you, before you work your first day, you're just like, "This sounds like the worst job I've ever fucking heard of." And then they say, if you want to quit, it's going to cost you $20 million. And so you <laughs> you show up for work the most reluctant any human being ever has. And you got a slight pay raise. You got a little bit of a pay raise. That's fine. Right. <laughs> you don't want to be here in any way, shape, or form. But you also know over your head already you have lost a $20 million lawsuit. So she's, she's doing her job here because she knows like a guillotine Twenty million dollars is overhead if she doesn't. Like she knows they they have successfully sued her into the fucking ground. So that's this is like under yeah. threat. She is acting under personal threat. I also want to point out that the makers of this film acknowledge that it is shitty enough to give her like a thirty eight percent increase in her salary <laughs> to get her to to get her to not quit the film so that they don't have to sue her for twenty million. Yeah. Like, like it's a real like admission the, of guilt. Like increasing from five million to seven million is them acknowledging that this is a piece of shit. That's your two million dollar <laughs> this movie's a piece of shit fake. <laughs> It's a two million dollar apology for writing this movie, for writing Theodore. What an, yeah. what an Imagine writing something industry. so bad you had to pay someone two million more dollars to read it after paying them five. <laughs> five million dollars, uh, and they were like, "Nope, you, that's not enough. That's you not. Have, that doesn't do it." You have I'm to pay them two million dollars to convince them not to breach their contract because <laughs> the fact that Whoopi came back with "Okay, I'll do it," but for more money means that she was at least a little confident that she would have beaten yeah. that lawsuit, or <laughs> she was like, <laughs> or she was just thinking, eh, "Maybe I'll take that twenty million hit." <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe that's worth it. <laughs> maybe just juggling it. She was in a movie where she was like the sassy coach of the New York Knicks through like some weird accident. So I don't know if Whoopi cared $20 million enough to protect her reputation. Like she would like win an Oscar oh, sometimes. Shit. What, was the name then, of that? what was the name of that movie? Eddie. Mike? No. Eddie. Eddie. That's right. <laughs> shit. That's the real thing. I didn't fucking name. make that up. Uh, I saw Eddie in the theaters. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> was it 1995? Like what? It was close. What, does it, what does it take for you to look at something and say, "Yeah, it's not going to be very good"? That's, no, I. I, I might watch have seen every any. goddamn thing you put in front of me, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I might do that too. I, I cannot criticize. Oh, um, Whoopi, super fan. So celebrate the whole catalog. Listen, listen, I just explained to you that my brain organizes information according to Stallone's Judge Dredge, so I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know what answer you want from me for that. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. Your mind palace is Judge Dredd. It's the movie Judge Dredd. Yes. It's a wasteland. It's <laughs> much like Judge Dredd. 
much like Judge Dredd. It's the cursed earth. <laughs> but uh, so Whoopi is obviously very cranky making this movie. Uh, the every time she saw the um, producer Stefano Ferrari, she would call him a motherfucker. So uh, <laughs> like just whenever she saw him on the staff, she would say that to the point where she got him banned from the set. Now uh, I looked him up. His dad was an evil Italian pharmaceutical guy. Oh shit! And this was him trying to be a big Hollywood filmmaker. Yeah. Okay. So and, fuck this guy. Uh, yeah, so I'm not kidding when I say his only previous project was uh, a crime movie from nine years earlier starring Richard Harrison from all the Godfrey Hill Ninja movies. Uh, <laughs> not critically acclaimed. So he uh, might not have known one, he was in it. Uh, <laughs> right. He, he might, might have just been spliced have, This might be footage. He, he might have bought it from Godfrey Hill for 80 bucks. He's like, hey, I got some of that ninja footage. I'm making a film. A big Hollywood picture. Uh, I looked yeah, this up yeah, on yeah, His next one would be an Italian TV movie called Viaggio nella pedophilia. Oh no! I, uh, oh, no. Means, I don't translate don't that. Want you to translate that? Yeah, please. Uh, no, I, it doesn't sound as bad in Italian or in English. It means journey into pedophilia. Oh uh, eventually, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, the journey into was worse than what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to journey into like on a riverboat. No. So I found an interview where uh, I found out that guy hates the movie too. So it's his first big Hollywood movie. He hates it as well. Uh, Evil Whoopi pharmaceutical pedophile doesn't like it. Again, what the fuck? Too must unethical be in that for movie. him. Jesus. Uh, what kind of Whoopi eight went- millimeter shit is that? Whoopi went on the record about this guy. She said, just for the record, I hate your guts. Maybe in 10 years, you and I can have a cup of coffee and laugh about this, but you've made my life a living hell and I hate your fucking guts. <laughs> that's uh, that's the kind of like fucking press work she did for this. Um, you can feel that hatred also- just burning in every minute of this movie. Oh, like, God. Oh, she, she hates Theodore Rex with her entire being for the whole Everybody movie. in it, you can feel, it's not even just from her side, because for sure you can feel her hating doing this. Like, I can't believe you're making me fucking say this, you assholes. But you can also feel, like, the producers and the directors just being like, yeah, make her talk to the fucking puppet for five minutes. Do the fucking, do another take of the fucking puppet scene, the puppet in the bag. That's relevant. Like just oh my god, it's it's all out of spite for each other. Do the burp joke again? Should we do it different? (laughs) No. Have the dinosaur burp in her face again? What's the what's the punchline? There's not. It's the same (laughs) scene. We can use it. You don't even need to film it twice. Uh, Speaking of puppets, uh, they had a bunch of puppet trouble. Uh, The first set of filming, the dinosaur didn't work, and Whoopi Goldberg threw a temper tantrum. Uh, another fun fact: I read that her part was supposed to be Kurt Russell. Uh, I don't know if they like had him officially attached, but that was who they were trying to get. Uh, Maybe they just so wrote anyway, with this, him in mind. This movie, yes, this movie was probably so mobbed up or so funded by pharmaceuticals. So, which so is they, worse. I'm sorry, they wrote with Kurt Russell in mind. Yeah, but they settled for Oscar winner Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> For seven million dollars, <laughs> a third of the budget of this film, uh, <laughs> or rather, a, four, a, quarter, a quarter, a quarter of the budget of this film. I'm sorry. I just like any ladder where the first at the top, Kurt Russell. Number two, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I'm like my celebrity basketball team. What is this list for? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so it's got a star who doesn't want to be there. Uh, the script is terrible. Uh, I haven't mentioned that uh, the writer was very insecure about the script and was changing it all the time. Like, a lot of the actors were complaining that uh, he kept giving them new lines to write. Uh, as we get into the movie, I'm sure Good. We'll I'm, I'm mention glad a couple things. Insecure yes. about it. Uh, Somebody stop me from <laughs> digging this hole. I tell you, it only goes down. There's a few moments in the script where I'm like, I feel like they're reading from a wrong draft. Like, there's a couple things that happen where I'm like, this doesn't. I think they're wrong. I think this. Like, there are a few things that don't add up. Yeah, that don't connect. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot several. of like threads they never like wrap up. But um, scenes that come out anyway, of nowhere uh, and don't belong, and then they just run them for like seven minutes, and then it'll stop, and it will have nothing to do with anything. It's just, just <laughs> make it spike. The film. Yeah. The point is, everyone involved in this movie was either incompetent or not giving their best effort or completely hamstrung by somebody else's incompetence. And that's... Or being uh, coerced. <laughs> yes, or being coerced. Film. <laughs> so uh, I have the intro of the movie. Uh, this is like literally how it starts with like a Star Wars style crawl and someone reading it to you. Always, always a good sign. Once upon a time in the future. At midnight tomorrow, billionaire Elazar Kane will launch his new Eden missile to bring on another ice age. Two sentences and the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Kane will reanimate the pairs of all Earth's animals he keeps frozen in his ark and create his vision of paradise. One hour ago, Two workers escaped from the New Eden compound and are racing to tell the police about Kane's master plan. It, that sounds like it might have been cool to see in like a scene, like the two people, because I didn't, I didn't remember that at all, that the two murder victims were people that escaped to tell the world about Kane's master plan. They tell you all of these things at several points in the movie, so this is not an exposition dump that they couldn't fit into the movie or that you need to know for the first scene. They just weren't confident. Like, they weren't confident you would get it. They weren't confident enough in the audience to, to just tell them the plot. So they had to read you the plot. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been a nice twist in... I got it would have been deep into act three, but like they do tell you this in the movie and in the movie, uh, I was like, oh, this would have been not interesting, but a surprise. But uh, right to like reveal that he's building the art. Like, why do they tell us his plan up front? Because the movie doesn't. They present that the movie just begins like a noir where there's a random murder and then they go and do that. And then there's another murder and then they have to try to connect it. And then they figure out that it's connected back to this guy, Kane. And then they realize he's building an arc. It's weird that they tell us the the whole game in the opening crawl. Yeah. I can guarantee yeah, you and, I know and, what and happened here. Like I <laughs> they watched okay, it was filmed exactly like you saw, because it's a functional movie the first couple of parts. It's dumb as fuck, but it's it's like it's a noir. They're just stealing a noir pattern. But they yeah. showed it to I'm gonna say studio executives. They showed this print to studio executives, and there was a long silence and they went, What the f- fuck was that <laughs> and so they thought oh they didn't get it we'll put in a text crawl and they're like no 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 that's not what they didn't get they didn't get the whole thing like none of it no, none of it made thing. sense we'll just, just summarize the entire movie in the opening scroll then like <laughs> just because it's complicated just because it's stupid doesn't mean it's complicated like you know what i mean that's what they're 
Like, that's yeah. the pandering that they're doing to you. you no, yeah, the, I'm sorry. You don't get it. The questions you would have aren't answered here. Like, like you're like, why are the dinosaurs talking? Uh, yeah, that would have been great in us? the text. Like, why, how long has this is, been going why is on? Why is any of this happening? The most fascinating thing about this movie to me, like the most unexpected thing, was how many different hats it's wearing. Because it's not only that, like, you look at, like, the cover of this movie when you walk by it in Blockbuster or whatever, and it's just like a T-Rex and like Whoopi Goldberg palling around. And you, you kind of like create like an image of what you think this movie is in your mind, which is like a, a buddy cop, kind of like goofy family oriented, like, you know, PG rated. She's got like a dinosaur and it's just like, Oh, there's just people and dinosaurs in this universe. And that's just how it is. And it's going to be like jokey and fun and light. But, like, what this movie turns out to be is, like, a futuristic movie. Like, it's this weird sci-fi movie. It's got, um, there's also magic in it. And then also Whoopi Goldberg is, like, a RoboCop. Like, she's not a person. She has, like, she's, like, a machine. There's, like, so many different layers that they keep throwing onto this movie that you would not expect from just, like what this elevator pitch must have been was just like, oh, it's like, you know, like a dinosaur and a person team up in, in a world where dinosaurs and people live together. And then this is what they fucking came up with. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is this? This is like the taxi cab carpet of, of that uh, interpretation of that elevator pitch. Yeah, it's fucking madness. Speaking of madness, uh, it opens with a little butterfly flying onto a dinosaur's face and exploding it. And then Theodore Rex wakes up and calls work. I think, he, does he work as a cop? He's not a detective. Yeah. He's just like... He's he a, a public relations officer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's a so PR. I forgot, about that. I, I, for, I forgot about that too, but I wanted to. I did want to mention that in all the hats that this movie wears is that the dino... Because this movie can't think of anything cool or, or unique for the dinosaurs to do that has anything to do with them being dinosaurs, it invents this... Uh, plot thread where every dinosaur has like a psychic link to each other where they can yeah. feel when another dinosaur is in pain. You know, it's really, dinosaur right. really weird. Yeah. Nothing to do with being a dinosaur. The way they assume that <laughs> they just like barely mention it. He's like, I just have this, this connection with other dinosaurs as though like, of course you as children learned about that in the natural history museum field trip, how all dinosaurs have telepathic links. Like that's, Pretty that's standard. like, a given. it's, just, it's, it's such it's what that meteor took from us. <laughs> it's like such a, 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 an obvious signal of the screenwriter giving up. Where it was couldn't think of anything interesting or unique for a dinosaur to do. So well, let's just make them psychic. <laughs> oh, Nothing God. to do with but, them being dinosaurs. And uh, yeah, speaking of interesting and unique, he lives in like. The apartment from Big, or maybe like Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's sort of like a not quite Pee Wee's Playhouse, but just like just a violent bunch of high contrast shapes and colors. Yeah, uh, it's really aggressive. Like just a like a playground. It's like and every, it's he, every li he lives it in the nineties. He lives inside a trapper keeper. It's the yes, uh, yes, it's, it's the clubhouse from Ninja Turtles. It's the Foot Clan. We all have a perfect vocabulary to describe this. Everyone from nineteen ninety five knows exactly what this is. Uh, he lives alone, but he does like a weird shower gag. Like he goes in the shower and he's like, oh, the temperature is perfect. Do not flush the toilet. And I'm like, does he live alone? Like it's, that's the, like the level of jokes in the movie where it's just kind of like uh, silly in, a, in, in like an indeterminate way. There was uh, a, a bold decision here in, in 
in general a bold decision that they decided what's really going to make this movie is that the dinosaur should be mumbling all the time. And I mean all the time. All the every time. Every single Constantly. scene. Every second he should be mumbling just nothing. Just like, oh, watch him close this door. He should just be mumbling under his breath about like everything he's looking at and seeing. And they do yes. it for the entire movie. It's a fucking he narrates, exhausting. He narrates every moment of his day <laughs> as though he was supposed to have a co-star that was sharing these scenes with him, <laughs> but she refused to film them. Right. She's so, like, I will not be fucking the dinosaur. <laughs> Write that out of the script. So I like, do not. Most of the time, this movie, it's like they they play out these scenes where it's like it's a, it should be a buddy cop movie, but it's just Teddy narrating the events of his day to himself. Right. Well, we'll like, be there's nobody around. I'm eating a cookie. Sullen. My character likes cookies. He's got a cookie shoe. Right, yeah. Why does he have a fucking well, cookie shoe? He's just pissed off. He loves why cookies. Is he, why, is he, why is he obsessed with cookies? Why is he literally Cookie Monster? I, I it's don't just, know. I don't, like, it's like when another, I saw the cookie shooter, I thought he was like the gremlin's dad. I thought like, oh, he makes little gadgets. Right, he's an inventor. Nope. But no, just he just thing. loves cookies. It's, he, he, it's he another, needs a shooter. It's it's like the... um, it's. It's it's like the psychic link where it's just like another sign that like the screenwriter just gave up because like well we need yeah. to give him something I guess that's like fun for kids so eh, he loves cookies he's a, he's uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex what can we do with that ah <laughs> uh, he loves cookies that would be like, crazy like, the, it blows my mind that they do absolutely nothing with the fact that he's a dinosaur they don't do anything with that so why they is do? he a dinosaur okay but here's the thing about dinosaurs is they have tails and so when <laughs> theodore rex gets in his little car there's a tail storage door like he opens it up puts his tail in there closes the door and i hope you like tail gags audience because the fucking movie has that's at all they least got? 50 the the <laughs> The fact that dinosaurs have tails is the funniest thing to the guy who wrote The Last Starfighter. Like, he put that shit, this tail thing I'm talking about, right next to the written and directed by credit. They're like, close the door on that tail, tail compartment. Oh, this is where I want to put my name. This is my opus. That's all this movie knows about dinosaurs is that they have tails. That's the really only is. thing they do with the fact that he's a dinosaur. It's, it's like it it fucking boggles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 80% of the movie is just literally him mumbling and hitting things with his tail like he has dementia. Right. Like this is this is a very sad tale of a demented dinosaur. Right. Like there's a family estate over that is like looking for him. Like his posters are up everywhere. He's just wandered away and is now like, I'm a cop. <laughs> I've joked myself into a corner and I only have terrible jokes I'm not allowed to say from here on out. We got to get back to the movie. Just say it. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. Oh my God. That was a, what an impossibly terrible thing you said. Uh, okay. Uh, so we cut now to like uh, Whoopi is a cop and she drops down onto a truck after they watch uh, people steal a dead body. So we don't know this universe, obviously, but this is, they make it very clear they're taking this body for an unspeakable crime. Like maybe they're going to fuck it. Maybe they're going to eat it. But whatever they're doing, the tone does not account for it. The tone is zany. Like Whoopi Goldberg is like having fun with her partner, currently a human partner. Uh, I, I have a good clip here uh, where you can tell she's just fucking pissed about being here. 
she's trying to do kind of like an Axel Foley thing, uh, which is kind of her character. She's clearly like, oh, I'm going to just be Eddie Murphy in this role. Gentlemen, so good to see you. I'm from the grid police. Uh, are you collecting for the policeman's bar? <laughs> humor, humor. Put that thing away. It's cool. Somebody could get hurt. Well, then I suggest you not move, huh? You've been observed. You've been seen, spotted, caught, committing a crime. So you're under arrest. <laughs> She's so grumpy about it. She does Humor! Humor! Funny! We're doing funny fucking humor. stuff today. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fast talker. Talking I fast. I forgot about Bud Court playing Baxter yeah. Stockman in this movie. <laughs> uh, from Harold and Maude, of course. Old, old Bud Court. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, and he, I don't feel like he's right for this role. I know he did like a toy man voice in one of the Superman cartoons, but like this was before he'd perfected it. He's He's just... Maybe he's just not directed very well, but it just fucking feels so bad. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's, this whole movie's embarrassing. Like, yeah. It, like, Bud Court has done a ton of weird shit like this, so it's not, like, totally out of... It's not, it's not as weird for him to be in this movie as it is for Whoopi Goldberg, especially in 1995, but... I, right, like, yeah, they only sued yeah. him for, like, $200,000 to make him... Right, <laughs> right, yeah. For sure. I took a, a clip at the end of this uh, scene as well, which I really like because uh, everyone's delivering their line insanely. I thought you said you had the front. I thought you said you had the back. Oh, like you had the front? Like you had the back. Right, then there's an, an explosion that is an entirely too big for this movie. Right. <laughs> like that was my first indication that this movie was way more expensive than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you had the front. Like... You had the back. Uh, great direction all around. Right. I'm it glad was, that <laughs> it was no, no second takes. Directed by a person well, who's never seen a comedy sketch before. He's never seen Who's on First before. Well, if you watch this scene and a few other scenes, like there, there are a few shots uh, where they're they're like on camera together, but repeatedly through this movie, they'll do a thing where it's just showing, it should be showing two people having, you know, a back and forth, right. but it's just showing Whoopi Goldberg and then somebody else. Uh -huh. So it's clear she's just doing her side of the scenes and then somebody else is doing their, yep. like she doesn't want to be in the same place as them. Yes. Yeah. It has that energy. Like sometimes we have to record the podcast, like intros or whatever with no one else here. And it just fucking sucks. It takes like 15 takes because there's just like no, no energy from other people. And like that's the energy Whoopi brings when she's clearly like alone in a studio going like, oh, hey, everybody, like, oh, humor, humor. I'm glad you could be, you know, how I'm, I'm jumped into you. Like it's just so fucking bad. Yeah. Academy Award winner. And she still can't make it work, I guess. I have, uh, a feeling that, I have a feeling they had to shoot her out in about, like, ten days. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah she made, true. She made $700,000 a day, for sure. Yeah. She was getting oh, yeah. fucking Bruce Willis money. And it was not yeah. enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, my notes just say, tail gags, tail gags. I think I started keeping track of every time he bumped into some shit with his tail. So it happened oh so God. many times. They go to this fucking... You can't. I, what do they go to? A hotel? They go to like the policeman's ball or something? Uh, I can't even remember. Like it, it. Oh, they go to some the fundraiser. Like, yeah, I remember right. this because it was insane. Like, 
he goes to like his first case and it's a, a dead dinosaur, which is apparently weird and a huge deal. So he oh, calls he's not on the, that case yet. He calls the station and is like, where's the commissioner? And they tell him where the commissioner is. And the oh, commissioner right. is Richard right. Roundtree, which we haven't mentioned yet uh -huh. somehow. It's true. Um, <laughs> it's the only fucking scene he's in. <laughs> He's in a few scenes. He's in like two more scenes, uh, and he's bringing he's bringing the same energy as like Wolfie Goldberg because <laughs> half of his lines are just him going, "What?" And like I said, so, that that dead pause that was that was perfect because that's what happens in the movie. Yeah, no, I wanted to give it the the exact same gravitas that it has in the, mm -hmm. in the film. But uh, no, no, like Teddy uh, Theodore Rex drives to this uh, fundraiser to confront the commissioner and demand that he be put on this case and made a full detective. Um, yeah, like you and, do. And, and the movie makes very little justification for it. It just seems like he's having a weird break or something. <laughs> it's this this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> It feels yeah, frustrated, and, and, like, doesn't it? It feels like frustrated with storytelling. Like it's like, just fuck you. Okay, he's on the case. Fuck yeah. you for asking. It like, don't make me feel the scene. It feels like every scene is somebody struggling to come up with an idea for this premise. Like they have this premise of like, hey, a, a human teams up with a dinosaur in the you know in a world where that's plausible, and they solve it crimes. Should be fun, but like. Right, it should be mm -hmm. fun, and it shouldn't be this hard. Like, we shouldn't be working this hard for it, but, like, every scene so is, like, hard. making it, like, this complicated fucking bonkers thing. You just, want the, you just want to sit him down and be like, okay, hey, 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 just take a minute, all right? You got this. This is fun. We're gonna be, we're gonna You're be overthinking fun. Like, oh. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just Except having the a toddler meltdown. the tail. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, man. There was so, like 800 tail kicks. I think that. Yeah. He knocks so over desperate. a sign with the tail. He bumps into an employee. So he doesn't seem to know he has the tail. He slaps like, an he's, ass. He's, he slaps an ass. He's just bashing into everything. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I think he goes to the party and he, he knocks something over. Uh, and now we, we learn that the, this is not like an alien nation situation. It's more like a Dr. Moreau thing. Like, like one guy made the dinosaurs and then like made it. So they talk and just sort of release them into the world. Um, and everybody's there's, mad there's at sort of a it. I shouldn't say sort of, it's a pretty overt racial allegory. Like yeah. people don't respect dinosaurs cause they're like inferior. And it was, it was especially bold of them to give, to give the mouthpiece scene uh, to the black woman, where where she's like, "Oh, you're a, he's a dinosaur. I'm not working with no dino." And then somebody else says, "You're not specious, are you?" And then everybody laughs like, he "Graduated from the academy just like you did." He's a dinosaur. You're not a species, are you? <laughs> Give me results by prime time tomorrow, and I'll double your regular commissions. It's a dinosaur. Come on. Hey, Coltrane, straighten up and fly right. This is your chance for a comeback. Don't blow it. He's a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, look up. <clears throat> uh, as long as we're partners, uh, why don't we make the best of it, huh? <laughs> hmm? You're a dinosaur. Yes, uh, technically. Um, I have this dream. I've always wanted to be a detective. 
I kept thinking I kept thinking the clip was looping because sometimes our our podcast service does that. But no, that's how she does that. No. She just keeps going. He's yep. a dinosaur. He's a yes, dinosaur. <laughs> she says it like seven times. <laughs> yeah, that's a Clint Eastwood scene. Yeah, like the, the idea that they made Whoopi Goldberg the mouthpiece for like the the racism is so weird. It really is. Yeah. Or maybe it's a, a super like progressive decision. They're like, no, this this world is so not racist that we're going to give the racist character. Uh, we're going to make that no, Whoopi Goldberg. I Kurt Russell it, would have been great at that. Kurt Russell would have been such a great grouchy <laughs> racist. Really, cop. really would have been better for the film. But I understand. Like, no, they they saw their opportunity to get Oscar winner Whoopi Goldberg in their movie, <laughs> so they pushed it. Uh, so I, I before we leave the party i want to talk about the scene where he goes up and he wants a cookie um, oh my god and you're, you're not going to believe this but his tail comes into play so there's like a he goes up to get a cookie and since he's a dinosaur a filthy fucking dinosaur like the chafer guard there's like a guy guarding the fucking catering and he's like no. you only get one cookie That's and so then not a thing to that get exists. around it not a thing right, that exists he, <laughs> he takes his he takes his tail and he like whips it around and taps him on the shoulder. And the guy's like, oh, who's that? Who tapped my shoulder? And when he doesn't see anybody, he like fucking leaves. He's like, I've got to, I've got to find out who tapped my shoulder. Right, it shattered his mind. It broke his they, brain in half. They don't get any bit, even if it's like a classic Three Stooges bit of yeah. tap you on the shoulder. Whoever's doing it is just like, okay, and then he leaves. Like, no, that's, he leaves. that's not how that bit and, ends. And it just... And then the guy who... Would have taken one more cute cookie, little cookie scheme. Instead, stays in one spot, gorging himself on cookies in front of everyone else. So this is what he's doing when they're like, "Hey, you got to put this guy in the case. He's a dinosaur." And he'll and the, he's like, whoa, 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 just stealing cookies." While the the guy from Herman's Head is trying to talk Shaft into like he never does does the thing that you might expect a film like this to do, where he displays some sort of aptitude that Whoopi Goldberg right. can meet him halfway on. Like, he has no aptitude. The only thing he has is this vague, psychic, magical connection that all dinosaurs share. And then he, should, he will just, if he sees a cookie, he will lose his mind entirely and just eat them until he shits himself to death. <laughs> Which they show start to finish in the movie. Right. So, so she, they, she's just been partnered up with a dog, basically. Right. Yeah, he's so Oh, well, this would have been he so like, much yeah. cuter movie if she was partnered he's up with like a fucking dog. useless. <laughs> they never do violence. anything that has anything to do with him being a dinosaur. <laughs> like the way they have him take like, out a bunch of henchmen later is he swings in like Tarzan and knocks them over. Yeah. Nothing to do with that. that fact that he's a dinosaur. Airbud would have done the shit out of that. Yeah. Uh so so we we did that God, that lampshading scene. Like, this movie might have, like, invented and killed lampshading with that fucking he's a dinosaur scene. Uh, <laughs> but we now cut to... Uh, the. There's a guy that talked Richard Roundtree into putting him on the case. And then he goes into the car uh, with Academy Award nominee <laughs> Armin Müller-Stahl and uh, Juliet Landau. The guy that talks him into it, that character, looks like... Um, Man, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. It looks like Jason Sudeikis wearing a Jim Gaffigan Halloween mask. Yeah, Does that that's scan? perfect. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I, I was kind of wondering where I where I saw him from, and he was the the smart part of Herman's Head, which was a short lived sitcom where like oh that oh yeah yep 
<laughs> and so, anyway, they're in the car, and he's bragging about how dumb the plot of the movie is. He's, he's, he's put the dinosaur on the case knowing that he can't solve the case because the dinosaur they killed was the, killed by them for their Ice Age scheme. Uh, so this is a springtime for Hitler or a major leaguer, a Ted Lasso, whatever you want. So the plan is for the plan not to work because Whoopi Goldberg's a burnt out has-been and dinosaurs are fucking silly tail rampaging cookie maniacs. And so they'll never solve this case. Ha ha ha. We will win. Uh, don't know why they did this. Uh, I, they call Theodore Rex the precinct's token dino, so they're really laying it on thick. Yeah, that yeah, they do. They is. do say that exact that exact phrase. And uh, and here's a token a, a, dino. The B plot of the movie is it the B plot? Maybe this is the A plot. What token? Uh, Bud Court dino. is being called to watch the dinosaurs. So he's like, hey, I need you to go watch Theodore Rex. Make sure he doesn't solve the murder, but don't do anything. Uh, our our, our plan for world domination is riding on this but I just want you to fucking watch the dinosaur and the dinosaur just fucking does silly shit so it's just the dinosaur doing zany bits and a creep in the shadows watching them for a, a, a literal like world destroying plan uh, the one guy that she fucking... actually has encountered tried to arrest and knows of course yes yes like the only guy <laughs> the involved in this scheme that this she show. actually would see him and go like, hey, you're under arrest right. instantly. Who we also haven't mentioned yet, has like a robo face. He's like, he's like a cyborg. He's, they so. call him a zap head. And I think his gang, right. like I think that's their term for people like him who are, well, they're the meth heads. Right. They're the meth heads of this universe. And they, uh, they literally the, ride the around. They're cyberpunk people. They're, they're cyberpunk meth heads. Because they ride around on, right. on electric scooters and steal car parts. Like, they called, they called it. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they look they like Jawas, I guess. They are. They're, they, they, yeah, they intent, very intentionally look like Jawas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so our, the character traits of Theodore Rex are that he loves cookies and he's a fucking klutz. So when he gets Whoopi Goldberg in his car, his big clown car, Pee Wee's oh. Playhouse clown car, he like, it's, a ro- it's made out of roller coaster parts. And he, like, bashes her into the roof of the car. Uh, while she's protesting, he's like, hey, let me raise your seat. She's like, no, don't raise my seat. Boom! Bash into the fucking seat. And then they drive to the Museum of Natural History to find the a, a question about. Carcass. I have a question about that. I have a question oh, okay. about that. So uh, that car is presumably designed for dinosaurs, right? Because it's the dinosaur yeah. car. So why on sure. earth would his passenger seat uh, raise up to the level that would bash Whoopi Goldberg's head through the ceiling because he is shorter than dinosaurs? Why would it raise up uh, at I all? He has an asshole car built for assholes, is my point. <laughs> <laughs> he I has think a he, stupid he, son of a bitch car built for motherfuckers. <laughs> that is it's the like, best answer. I feel like the real answer is this was from a script where he was an inventor and he invented this car. Right. Why the fuck did that happen? <laughs> it makes no sense why that happens. Sean can't be right because that implies this movie cut something. <laughs> no, I don't think cut. I think just changed, but forgot to make all the necessary supplemental. Changes. Okay, I can buy that. I- I'm back on board. <laughs> like someone, someone said, "Hey, Jonathan, I, the fuck? It's too many things. Make it so the dinosaur's not an inventor." He's like, "No problem. I'll just take out page 37." He's forgetting that there's a cookie launcher and a roller coaster car, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that just Whoopi Goldberg said to the ceiling. It makes no sense. She's like three feet shorter than every dinosaur. Why would that happen? Why would he put that in his car? 
so here's where there's a big tension in the movie because he crashes into the Museum of Natural History sign, and then he goes into the this thing with all these delicate dinosaur bones, and he's talking about their history, and they're like, he's like waxing philosophically about what if like all the dinosaurs were alive and all the humans were dead, and Whoopi Goldberg's oh, like, shit, what? That's deep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so deep. Like he's just thinking of it now. But there's a tension for me because I, was I mean, like, there there was a he's, time he's going to knock all this over there, with his tail. I'm sorry, there was a time when that was true. That's like, true. The, the movie tries but to like knock it. us out with this philosophical question, but it's, yeah, that was literally true for like sixty-five million years, like way longer Whoa. than that actually, like Holy hundreds shit, of billions you're of right. years. Just think the about entire that, Mesozoic era, <laughs> <laughs> like eons of geologic time. This was true. There were no humans. It was just dinosaurs. I don't know what to he tell man. you. Really he makes also, you think. The fuck is this movie, guys? (laughs) He says some shit about how their bones talk to him in his head. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Was I the only one that heard that? Because that's fucking No, that happened. That happened. Okay. (laughs) What what the fuck do you mean by that? (laughs) It could (laughs) be literally anything. Did you mean to take a second pass at that line? Was it just a note? Like, hey, maybe the bones talk to him in his head. And then somebody's like, oh, that's dialogue. I guess... So we're here to look at a dead body now. And so Theodore Rex asks the coroner, he goes, uh, may I? And they're like, may you fucking what? And then my first instinct is that he jerked off onto the corpse's head. He like stopped, puts yes, his pelvis up against the, the table and, and, and has a, a, a dinosaur orgasm. It's like comes um, through his ears. Yeah, just right. through yeah. in one ear and out the other. They, he they find he, like, he shakes. But it works. It's, it's right. it, yeah. Yes, it, and, and whatever he does, it works, and he finds, like, a chunk of the butterfly bomb. And they're like, oh, cool, I can go figure out what this is. And then they take a tail print of the dinosaur, because that's how you take, like, a thumbprint from a dinosaur. Sure. Uh, which is great world building, because, uh, like, it instantly hit me, like, how many fucking dinosaurs are there? Because I thought it was just, like, a small community, but now I guess there's so many dinosaurs that they, like, they need to be tail printed. But not um, enough that... Right. Few, few enough that this is the first murder. This is the first dinosaur. Yes. Excuse me. Exactly. Uh, they go to a dinosaur bar called the Extinct Species Club uh, to get, I guess, information because like that's where the dead dinosaur's wife, ex or widow, uh, works. Roommate. Uh, uh, right. Roommate. Right. <laughs> right? Did this is one of the heirs. The movie specifically says roommate, but I thought that was a mistake because earlier in this scene here, I think they said that they were lovers. Yes. Oh, man. They said all of the above and then then (laughs) forgot to delete They said all of those things. This is just letting you guys know what kind of picture you're dealing with. (laughs) They said all all of those things. And then instead of deleting that in the script or reshooting the previous scenes, which they apparently couldn't get Whoopi Goldberg for, they just had her also be confused they said oh your husband and she's like no he was a friend well maybe more of a roommate i don't know (laughs) like you could have just deleted that right no 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 you did not have those resources those whoopee resources (laughs) at your disposal (laughs) whoopee sources Uh, so the roommate widow whatever uh is carol kane and she's great um the bar scene is really strange she like fights her way through everybody's tails uh in I don't. What has to be very racially insensitive by these universes' rules. Um, a dinosaur does burp on her. Uh, all the dinosaurs want to fuck her, and I think that's 
supposed to be played for okay. laughs? As okay, if, like, thank you. That would be a I silly did thing. not, yeah. I could not commit. I didn't want to be like showing my ass here and being like, I think all of these dinosaurs <laughs> are really horny for Whoopi Goldberg because I wasn't sure the yeah. way they filmed it. But this whole scene is fucking super horny, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they're, yes. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the 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 horny scene from the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> that make that makes sense to some of your listeners, I guarantee it. Oh yeah, it's not me, okay. but when I watch the Great Mouse Detective, I'm gonna go, oh, this is the horny you're gonna, scene. You're from gonna Theodore know Rex. it as soon as yes, as soon as it arrives, you're gonna be like, oh, this is what he was talking about. Why why was your one scene when you got all of the puppets together? Your your first instinct was, and they all are super horny. I don't know, man. This movie is fascinating in that way. Yeah. <laughs> like the decisions it's it makes with the so dinosaurs. Strange. It always picks the most broken and wrong decision every time. It, it, it always picks the most repellent decision. Yeah. Yeah. And it has no uh, comment. It has no comment on that. It just wants to show, <laughs> no. like, it shows a dinosaur. I think they call him Rock, and he says, like, Rock's really into you. And then it shows him just, like, orgasming in the open air, like, just, yeah. like, looking just, at her. And then end of scene. Throwing ropes up into the sky. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Okay. Why, though? Why? They're, like, talking about the murder. And then it, like, occurs to them. They're like, hey, we're trying to find a killer. And then the lady's like, oh, right. Your husband's dead. It's it's just so fucking weird. It's like a... It feels like 20 pages of script they combined into one paragraph and made a lot of mistakes. Uh, She's already planning the funeral. And Whoopi's like, planning the funeral. Okay, you killed him. And then Teddy is like, no, no, shut the fuck up. Don't talk about funerals. Right, like, and Teddy what is... What does like, that mean? I'm not sure he's uncomfortably horny in this scene. Yeah. Like they, everybody's they uncomfortably extend, horny. They extend the horniness into this scene. As a set designer, if, if, you do the, if you do the dinosaur scene and suddenly every character's just out of control horny, like, what do you think that says about you? As a puppet designer, as a set designer... No, no, I know what it is. Uh, the only person, if you will take careful note, that isn't horny in this scene and is the victim of all the horny, of course, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, mm. This is another spite scene. This is just, okay, it's the club oh, scene. And uh, this time, can we, get, uh, can we get some horny takes? Horny takes from everybody, not you, Whoopi. <laughs> not you. Yeah, that's true. Maybe there's some sort of a euphoric thing like this, like you go here and they have, because there's a lot of talk of like, how the air smells funny and how there's no toxins in anything. And maybe maybe it's like very alluring or something. And this is supposed to be a sexy scene and Whoopi's just, fuck it, I'm absolutely not doing this. <laughs> this is the scene that she Made looked at the script and is like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this not movie. I'm back out. horny dinosaur bar scene. <laughs> this is why they <laughs> paid her that extra two million. Yeah. Like, this no, is Whoopi, one of the script is tight. You do. We need the scene to establish that the roommate or maybe the widow who's just finding out about the murder has to plan the funeral. It's really important, Whoopi. We we can't lose the scene. Uh, I don't know. So he's here. I wrote down that uh, Teddy smashes something uh, with his tail and it hurts him. Uh, so I was very surprised that he can actually feel things with the tail because he's maimed a couple of people already and right. didn't seem to notice. Yeah, that means he's doing that on purpose. Uh, yeah, he felt that someone. ass. He slapped. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Let's see. So now Bud Court has a bunch of Jawas attack the T-Rex. Uh, they've split Great up. Sentence. So Whoopi is checking the autopsy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Whoopi is... She's checking the autopsy of the dead body that she recovered from the cannibals or the molesters. We don't know. Um, and then the Jawas are tearing apart uh, Theodore Rex's car. 
and he can't do anything about it because he's a pacifist, we discovered. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a pacifist. Well, he's, he's anti-violence, except they also gave him a gimmick where he has a short temper, like he has a rage right. problem. Oh, no, yeah. they haven't given they him pull that it out. Yet. <laughs> but they, about, they, they will immediately after this. So if you have a T-Rex character at some point... He's going to be like, grr, I'm a T-Rex and you, I will fucking kill you if you don't do what I say. Right. Like a Teen Wolf, right? Like you could like, like how Teen Wolf can make his eyes red and you're like, oh, I'm dealing with a fucking Teen Wolf. Like the T-Rex should be able to remind you that that's the situation. Right. And I feel like that script got completely deleted except for like half of a event later. Uh, but this is supposed to be a zany thing. He's a pacifist, except of course when he's not. Um, the other, they go back to the precinct the next day, um, to, am I leaving anything out? Oh, Whoopi discovers that uh, the dead body was a clone made by the same guy who makes dinosaurs. His name was <laughs> Adam. I just and, want you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's a lot, when you, I'm sorry. It's when, so you asked, when you asked, did I leave anything out? You could have said fucking anything and it would have been like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, you left that out. That was in there. It's so I many especially things. hated that his name was Adam. I and know, they like made a thing you. of it. Like they took a little beat to be like, what? Do you get it? Because they also would say, he's from New Eden. And then pause like, right. huh? Because uh-huh. it's meaningful. There's just so right. much shit. You guys Stop. get it, right? Stop yeah. adding shit. God, we're an hour into the <laughs> so- podcast. We're 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> Whoopi finds Theodore Rex. Uh, his, his, his fucking car is completely torn apart, covered in white foam. Uh, With a fire? Like he's fully muttering. blasted by this Jawas. He's muttering something about a fire extinguisher when she shows yeah. up. Yeah, like, off camera. But what? Right, like it All must, of that is off camera. It must be something that they either cut or couldn't film because it's. No, he's this being is a, him he's dealing with. He got blasted. And he's and like, it, no, yeah. that didn't happen. Those were fire extinguishers. He just couldn't deal with the fact <laughs> that Bud Court's Jawas masturbated all over. They him. just hosed <laughs> him down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not what happened, Whoopi. This is fire extinguisher foam. Anyway, the cops, they all make fun of T Rex. And he's acting like a total baby. And he's like, oh, big man, make fun of the dinosaur. That's real hard. But, like, you're a fucking dinosaur. Eat one of the cops. Um, right. You're a hulking demon. Bite yeah. someone's head off. They, Make they them go respect and like, hey, you. We need a new car. And the car, the cop's like, fuck you. And he's like, I'm a mad dinosaur. But like, it kind of like, nobody buys it. Uh, anyway, they give him a garbage truck. Uh, <laughs> sure do. They sure do. <laughs> I don't know. And Richard Roundtree's actually blaming Whoopi for this. He's like, why, weren't, why are you fucking investigating a crime when you should have been there protecting your 1,200 pound monster from teen mischief? Like, you should have been fucking... <laughs> This is your fault, Whoopi Goldberg. It's just a real weak... I, I feel like uh, the screenwriter knew that this... There had to be an angry police chief, right? Yeah. But, but nothing... They hadn't done anything bad yet. It's, so he's like, I don't know. Mayor's up my ass about you. Your partner getting his car well, torn he, apart by... He has, he has that reaction to Thomas. him when he initially shows up and asks him to put him on the case. Or he's like, sort of is behaving like that. Oh, the mayor's up my ass about you. All this property or destroying it you're just too much of a loose cannon but he, like he's like a pr detective that just is you know just a mouthpiece like he hasn't done anything like they they've been pushing that the whole movie but you're right that they don't ever do anything that like earns that reaction they right. just know that it's a trope 
Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like many of the things in this film. Like you could do uh, so much with that idea of like a Tyrannosaurus cop that has to answer to a chief who's like, uh, who's like, oh, the mayor's up my ass about you, blank. Oh, I don't, I don't know. What would a T-Rex do? Bite people's heads off? Oh, you're biting right. too many people's heads off, Theodore Rex. <laughs> but they don't. They can't even figure that out. Like they, they don't do. I can't stress enough that they don't do anything with the fact that he's a dinosaur. Like, they don't... Yeah. It doesn't matter that he's a dinosaur at all. See, I they thought... At all. They do bad breath jokes. They, they, this, this scene marks the second time she's done a bad breath joke. Um, yeah, they decide to do that. Like, let's, let's start a bad breath joke this far into the movie. Like, this is our running like, joke now. He could be an elephant. Like, you could swap him yeah. out with an elephant and this, nothing would change. Like, that's how little it has to do with him being a he dinosaur. He could be a human. He could be a human who he likes cookies. He honestly could be a human who likes cookies and just has halitosis. Yeah, that's true. He could be Jim Belushi. He could have been Jim Belushi. <laughs> God damn it, that'd be it. It's a real... Can you imagine this movie without any dinosaurs and Jim Belushi? Like, yeah. we would have never stopped talking about how much we hated this movie. Just Jim Belushi's character in Red Heat. Just this fucking psychopathic ogre. Uh, so, okay. So Theodore Rex needs to get, like, clothes for some sort of an undercover operation that I feel like got cut out of the script. So he tells the lady cop that he needs to blend in, and this woman says to him, go to the zoo, which has to be just fucking, like, the N-word to a dinosaur. Like, this is right. so fucking racist. Uh, and But, like, I think she means... Must be a hideous slur. Yeah. 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 And anyway, they have a... They have a... In the police station, they have a costume-summoning light beam. Like, like fucking Secret Wars. <laughs> For fucking no and reason. Why not? And, so they do a trying on silly hat scene, and I took a clip. Okay, Ella, dress me up. Now make me look nice, okay? I've got this very picky partner. Besides being loud, obnoxious, and very pushy, she's a joy to work with. Ella, this is not undercover. Push the button. Ella, undercover, por favor, please. Oh, kala 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 undercover now. Mahalo. Ella, he's a cop. You gotta make him look like a real cop. Oh, Ella. I'm getting a wee bit of breeze in my lowlands, lassie. Work with me, will ya? I think this will do fine. Yeah, you look good. You look like a real cop. I'm too sexy for my clothes. <laughs> yeah. Where are we going? Holy shit. Holy shit. Every like, single voice he did was racist. Yeah, and terrible. And think of the effort this took. Someone had to make a fucking full Viking and Highlander costume in dinosaur puppet size and licensed bagpipe music. Also, why does their undercover costume generator force him to speak in a language and or accent? Right. Is this like a normal bit? It's just like because the the woman cop like thinks it's funny, but he doesn't seem to think it's funny. This seems to like be happening against his will. And we know she's racist against dinosaurs. She might have. Why on earth? Why on earth would a future policewoman 
who is assigning him an undercover identity, why would the first thing she hits him with be a Viking? It's, okay, I want you to stop and madness. think. Think about like, think about the practicality <laughs> of this scene. What do we need? What do we need to happen in this scene? So we we go into this scene, and he, we need for him to get a change of clothes. And now, what do we need going out of this scene? Uh, we need him to be wearing a sweater. And this is how they arrived. This is how they connected those two yes! points. They were like, okay, how do I do yes! this? Okay, let's see. A hologram that turns him into a bunch of racist caricatures. And they're like, yes. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Whoopi will see, fucking now you're hate that. Like a 1995 hack screenwriter. They're like, we need a scene where they change into sillier and sillier hats. But this is fucking space alien shit. Like when he yeah. was writing Last Starfighter, this man was replaced by a star visitor with no sense of Earth humor. Fuck this idiot and the ground upon Great. which he this walks is, is my point. We went through all that so he could wear a sweater. That's the end result. Yeah, it's he decided on jeans and a hoodie. Like a real cop, real hoodie cop. Oh, he also has triple Chucky all-star shoes and a giant Dakota ring. Why? The I don't movie know. doesn't fucking tell you. It's a dinosaur Why fashion was- check. Why was the first costume a fucking Viking? <laughs> We're in the future, uh, you fucking idiot. I feel like he was supposed to do more of an opera thing. Like, I feel like the script called for an opera laugh. Like, like we're r- working back. Oh, that like, makes what more sense. What if he had zany costumes? And, but then he's like, I can't but, do an opera voice. They're like, but he's oh, dressed, don't worry about it. He's don't dressed about it. like a, a Viking in an opera. Like yeah. Opera crimes. He's going undercover <laughs> to investigate opera crimes. Why would the first identity you assign to your fucking future police detective be a character from an opera with like a fucking horn helmet and a 13 foot ponytail and a toga? Uh, I just, it's so fucking frustrating. It's, it's so fucking, it's like they don't know why things are funny and they're trying to write a comedy scene. But anyway, speaking of that, they, they, they now get rid of their stupid little cartoon van mm-hmm. and they get a garbage truck. And even that they set up wrong because like, they're like, okay, cool, here's our little van. And then the van leaves and they're like, wait, that's not our car. Oh, that's our car. And then we have to sit there for like 40 seconds while the camera doesn't cut to the fucking car. Right, so it should have been a quick punch frame. there. Yeah. And then it lingers and lingers and they finally show a garbage truck. And you're like, well, yeah, I guess I remember that fucking setup from yesterday. <laughs> And it's filled with garbage. So, so like he gets in the back of the garbage truck, and it's just filled with actual garbage. Which so it's, <laughs> I, I don't fucking I don't know. Like that, it implies too many steps both in the screenwriting process and in the universe in which they live. Where they're like, all right, we're gonna give that Theodore Rex pussy a fucking garbage truck. Oh, make sure it's filled with garbage. Like where am I supposed to find a bunch of garbage? I don't know, dude. But I need you to go get a full size garbage truck filled with garbage and bring it here to the fucking police impound. Like, Put like that piece of, of shit dinosaur yeah. inside of it. <laughs> all of their jokes are like tired tropes, but they don't know that. Like they're they're yes. trying to invent them, like they've never heard of it before, and all they're not their, doing a good job. All of their jokes have nothing to do with the fact that he's a dinosaur. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like this movie has nothing to do with the fact that he's a dinosaur. Well, they did fill it with trash, and dinosaurs are all trash. I so that hit, has something to do. I can't hit that point 
harder than I already have. <laughs> like, it, it, well, they... it floored me when I finished this movie. <laughs> they, the next scene is... As 1995 as everything else, they go play roller hockey with a bunch of kids. And they're like, dinosaur, come play with us. And he's like, all right, I guess. And he takes three roller balls and knocks them all into the goal with his tail. So uh, that's fun. This would have been a different movie. If you you wanted to make a movie about a a fun-loving dinosaur, a kid discovered, and he like went to school with him and became a field hockey player, that's a fun movie. Denver the Last Dinosaur. (laughs) It exists. They did. I guess. They did that show. Yeah. <laughs> they did that show yeah, and it no. kicked ass. So this is oh, I just it. a touch of that. It was very dear to my heart for a few years in the eighties. I guess my point here is that, but also like, is he good with his tail? Is he clumsy with his tail? Make up your fucking mind, movie. Uh, Bud Court is also watching the whole thing. So he's just fucking watching the dinosaur play street hockey, which has got to be good news for his boss when he's like, hey, boss. Because uh, he tells him, he calls his boss. He's like, he's playing street hockey, which is like, the dinosaur scored three goals. Miss Lippy's car is green. But the fucking guy, he loves it. He's like, uh, thanks for this information. Because now he knows one of the kids has a connection to the cop that he knows. He's like, find... One of the kids that the cop knows, and they pick the black kid, uh, assuming he has some kind of a connection to Whoopi Goldberg, and he, I'm sad no, to say hold, he does, just hold through on. coincidence, uh, this guy assumes that the only black kid knows the only black lady, and they do, but they're not they related, do. I don't think. We forgot to mention at the very start, this kid was in the very start of the movie, where right. they, where he's, he's like, what, like 12, 13? And they, Whoopi's walking along the street and she comes up to like a restaurant and a little like, you know, cart restaurant along the side of the, along the side of the road there. And it's run by the kid. He runs like a meat stand. <laughs> right. Fucking, what the fuck? And he does. He has his own meat and stand. Like they and even reference that later. her up with his dad, right? Like, like that was yeah. the bit they were doing. You got to come over here and meet my dad so you can date. But his dad's not at the meat stand. That's his meat stand. They even reference that later. Meat like, yeah. That meat stand the owning punk. We meet the dad later. He doesn't ever hook up with Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, if I'm understanding the script correctly, she kind of has a sexual thing with Theodore Rex by the end of the movie. Uh, but uh, that um, might be just me reading into it because I can tell I don't think the puppeteers are real horny. I think, I think Theodore Rex and the puppeteers that... That uh, that managed him got that note. I don't think Whoopi uh, got right. that note. Or, or if you ask Whoopi Goldberg, she'd say absolutely. I'm not fucking that dinosaur. But everyone else no, who I, made that movie thought that character was fucking the dinosaur. I the script called for her to up. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get it from her body language. You have to get it from the subtext of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. I I should confess. I'm just so horny for all these dinosaurs. They go to the villain's base. They go straight to the villain's base. They meet up with uh, Kane. Uh, which is a lot like meeting God for Teddy because he's literally the man who like made him. Uh, the guy, ex- he shows them how he can freeze animals and unfreeze them for no real reason. This is, seems like it's more for our benefit. He thinks uh, it's neat. And then he tells them nothing else. He's like, I don't know anything about the murder. Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> he, he thinks it's neat. He does. <laughs> he's like, they, they come in, they say leave hi. Leave him like, alone. <laughs> he thinks it's neat. He literally says... Well, let me show you something. And then he walks over and explains this and like freezes some fish and then just kind of waits for the reaction. It's like, all right, well, see you go. later. Frozen yeah, fish, cool. right? They're here. Pretty fucked up, so right? Ask about a murder. Anyway. A murder? Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> so now uh, they <laughs> they are trying to lure the, the little boy into a trap, the one that they think knows Whoopi, uh, and they're 
accidentally right about that. This is my favorite trap in all the movies. Like <laughs> you, can, you can give it, give the rest of this movie all the shit you want. This is the best trap I've ever seen. Please describe it. Okay, so the kid is walking down like a into an underpass, a mysterious underpass, and there's a brand new blinking arcade cabinet, like sitting in the with, middle with a of blank screen, with a blank screen that doesn't even look like a screen, and he walks up instantly hypnotized, like yes, finally they put an arcade cabinet <laughs> in this underpass, and then and then. Hands explode out of the screen, which was made out of paper, and it's butt court, and he grabs the kid and yanks him inside, inside the video game cabinet. And then in the scene, in the scene, that we cut around a few scenes, but the next time they show this video cabinet, they're wheeling it in, and he's still in there with butt court, just struggling, just fighting him the whole time in a box. <laughs> that's, that's the fight, plan. Fight uh, for your it. life against butt court. <laughs> In a box. That's how you had to play bad dudes back in the day. Uh, uh, so they're the dino funeral, and uh, dino funerals are kind of weird. They liquefy the dinosaur's body, and they turn them into flower food so that everyone can take a little flower home. Yeah. It's cute still, in its own way. I'm so tired. Uh, but I know, we're still... So I know, there's, there's so, so much, much more to get through. There's so there's Dr. more shit in this movie than every I have every a, a other line I have mind. to mention here. Trash Dr. Kane comes out at the dinosaur funeral and he blames himself he says i blame myself for this and like Te- theodore rex is like oh he did do the murder but he doesn't blame himself because he did the murder he blames himself for bringing dinosaurs back to life none of this would have happened if he hadn't brought dinosaurs back to life which he I says just, to the dinosaur's say, face <laughs> my notes say ha 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 what the fuck i wrote that down God came out at the funeral and said, I blame myself for making you. Yeah. yeah. This is my <laughs> Men bad. leave. <laughs> your, your, li- your lives are the consequence of death. Oh, God. We're we just so keep adding up. shit. There's so much shit. Yeah. I just. Uh, they do another bad breath gag because Teddy is now making moves on the widow whose murder he's invest whose husband's murder he's investigating, but they're now calling him a roommate. Um, uh, she tells him to take a breath mint. Um, Oh, this part's weird. There's a Styracosaurus there, and he just grabs Theodore Rex, and he says, like, I must advise you to give up your dreams. <laughs> like, those exact words. <laughs> there's more like, I think there was another plot where there's supposed to be some sort of psychic destiny for him, because they say that later. They have, like, the Kane character right. be like, oh, no, my destiny. Oh, no, my dreams. Well, they, they, it's just, like, so scattershot it's throughout the this. Orson Welles at the end of the Transformers movie. It's just uh, my destiny, <laughs> and then it explodes. Oh, French wine! So T Rex invites Molly, uh, <laughs> like so. Molly, Molly, the the widow, wants to walk home with uh, Teddy, or she needs a, uh, someone to walk her home. She's clearly trying to fuck him, but then Teddy brings her to his house, <laughs> uh, which I, again I feel like is another script mistake. Uh, and they start showing her toy cars and giving her cookies. Like, like he thinks she's a baby, but she wants to dance. So they start to dance and it's getting a little romantic. And then it pulls out to reveal that Bud Court is watching this whole thing and reporting it to his boss. He's just giving him every detail of these inconsequential fucking antics. Uh, much more tail gags. Uh, he gives Molly the Dakota ring. This very special Dakota ring he got from the costume generator. Um, 
and leaves her at his house with the Dakota ring, which I'm Again, that very must happy have to been say never comes back. Part of the plot at some point, right? Like they 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 yeah, pause, they do important. a close up on the ring, and he's like, "This yeah. will come in handy," or some some shit like that. Like that had it does to not. It had to do something at one point in the making of this movie, <laughs> surely. They just keep doing this. They keep forgetting that they set things up uh, and taking pages out of the script. Uh, they do another bad breath gag. Uh, they find out that the bomb butterfly was made by someone called the Toy Maker. Oh, and, dude, tell me you got uh, the sound clip of this. <laughs> I, I have the bag guy. This is my favorite line in in maybe any movie ever. They they're talking to like the local ex the local expert who has analyzed the exploding butterfly, and he says they ask him who could do this, and he says only one name comes to mind. In techno kill circles, he's known as the toy maker. He runs a dead storage company as a cover. It's called Dragon Tail Dead Storage Company. It's located somewhere in the Ninja Grid. You're right. I should have clipped that. That is incredible. Incredible. The techno kill circle. For a second there, I was worried this this thing wasn't going to have any ninjas in it. How foolish (laughs) I was. It sort of doesn't. (laughs) This this whole thing, this whole operation is a breeding ground for ninjas. Ninja, the dead storage company in the Ninja Grid. That's where. That's where you'll find the techno kills. Fucking what the fuck are you talking about, movie? You're fucking eat shit. Whatever. I'm sorry. Who was who was the guy? You were gonna say who the guy was? The toy maker. Yeah. You didn't recognize him. No. That's the fucking lightning guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, the the bad guy. I thought we were talking about the. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I recognized. I recognize okay. the guy from Big Trouble. I thought you were talking about the guy who says, in techno kill circles. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know who that guy is. He's probably an Academy Award nominee. No, but the, uh, the like ninja that we cut to is, is, is the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Who, very happy to Who is a, 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 a toy-making explosive ninja, I guess? I, th- I, thought he was the, I thought he was the guy from RoboCop 3. You said your ninja could defeat RoboCop. Okay, but here's, it's here we learn, speaking of, that Whoopi is a robo-clone. We mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but this is the first time we're learning it in the movie. She says uh, she's more human than human, which is obviously Ooh, a Blade Runner quote. A, yeah. uh, so she's like, I guess a replicant. Uh, and and a white zombie quote. A white zombie quote. This scene fucking broke my brain, okay? So, so there's a dog barking and he does a T-Rex scream at the dog. And the dog doesn't care. Where in any other dinosaur movie, he'd be like, and the dog would fucking arf, arf, arf. And that would be a bit. But in this, it's just like, all right, that happened, and it just we we're keeping moving. Yeah, again, this uh, this movie like doesn't it doesn't do anything with his his dinosaurness. Like it, yeah. At no point, like they give him so many opportunities, and it just is like it, it just treats him like he's a normal dude. It's so it, this movie is so baffling. It's also just another very old joke that they think they're inventing. Like like you. You have the pattern for this. You know where the punchline is. We all know where the punchline is. And you're just like, what comes next? Ah, fuck, I don't know. Just cut the scene. End the scene. <laughs> we did it. That's a wrap on T-Rex. <laughs> so he farted on her and he said, or she's like, why'd you fucking fart on me? He goes, I didn't butt trumpet. But like he did? And so <laughs> I, I don't, even the, the movie can't even do like fart jokes right. So I'm like legitimately confused. Like, did he not fart on her? It sure seemed like he was. 
Yeah, he was. <laughs> no, he, he did. Does, he but this on is later. Yeah, this is yeah, them this setting is the up joke, another running I joke. Did. Yeah. Uh, so Whoopi finds a Frankenstein puppet in a purse, and they have a very awkward exchange. And I have a clip of that. We're looking for the toy maker. Never heard of him. I mean, you never heard of him. Come on, we know he's here. Where is he? Who wants to know? Who are you? I'm the guy from the bag. You want me to get in that bag with you and snatch you to pieces? Ooh, I love it, baby. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> Come here. Don't be going in my bag. You understand? Listen, zit. Ooh. I want to know where the toy maker is. My friend here is going to bite your pee head off. Food. Ah. I mean, ha! It's fucking not a single line of that related to the previous line. So this I'm movie the guy from the bag. <laughs> not only is the movie in the future with humans and human cyborg robot people like Whoopi, and then also dinosaur humans who just like live like humans and don't really do anything as dinosaurs, but there's also like little, little tiny little gnomes yeah, in this yeah, world. Little, little, little bag boys. The fuck is this, this is the movie? First See, I, time I thought these might be. <laughs> right. We haven't seen anything like this up to this point. It's just and then humans when they ask and him, dinosaur humans. They ask him what like, the fuck is going on. Gnome. And he says, I'm the guy from the bag. And they accept that as though it's an yeah. explanation. I will snatch you to death. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Why is she going to kill him with, with her vagina? Does he need the bag to live? What? <laughs> what is happening? Right. Stuff is. Is, that what, is he plugged in in there? Is that what she means by snatch him to death? What the fuck? Okay, so, so T-Rex it, it farts on her again. Uh, and he says, I didn't pop gas. So that's the comedy rules of two. We're done with that. They do not do a third fart joke, I don't think. Um, no, they do. They don't. But it's not recognizable. Oh, you're right. But he doesn't like have any more like hilarious fart euphemisms. Uh, this scene ends because um, the ba- they call Fuzzy, and Whoopi's like, "What? What's Fuzzy?" And then like sitting on the desk the whole time is like a little worm that pops up, and then the bad guy says, "Hey, we don't want to mess with these cops." And then the worm's like, "What the fuck, cops?" Even though Whoopi Goldberg is wearing her space police uniform, and then it turns into a butterfly and leaves. And then the bad guy leaves, just goes into the bag, and we're sort of just left with that. Just sort of like she in, she meets two creatures that say nothing of consequence that makes sense, and then they leave. It turns into a butterfly and flies away, and just this it, it's impossible to describe any part of this movie. I I didn't yeah. think <laughs> I, I, if I would if I would have thought this through, I would have been like, we can't do a Theodore Rex podcast, Sean. It would be four hours long. Yeah, we really because there's it. nothing uh, that makes any sense of that. Uh, every part of my notes, I because because okay, so that happens, right? And no now part the of dinosaur next to any other part. <laughs> the dinosaur does an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation and a Jack Nicholson and a Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yes, and this guy is not a talented person. I didn't even take a clip because I'm like, fuck. He does a Stallone like, was too. It, was yes, that's right. I, I feel like this part was written for Dana Carvey, and then they got like this like kind of a generic voice actor who can't really do any of these voices. Anyway, the, the plan is they meet the guy from Big Trouble in Little China, the toy maker, and they pretend to be a non-cop dinosaur 
who's there with his cop friend, to buy an illegal gun big enough for his dinosaur hands. This is to trick him into walking across the room and pulling out a bunch of guns so they can immediately announce, hey, you're a murder suspect. And he goes, oh, shit. And he hides and throws a bug grenade at them. The bug grenade slowly crawls at them so they can do sort of a zany sneak away. We're like, oh, this bug's going to explode on us. And then it does. And the movie is fucking insane. Uh, the bad guy <laughs> okay. Okay, hold on. pops hold out on. Before of the you rubble continue and says, this hey, scene. Before I you ain't cleaning this up. <laughs> Before you continue, I want you to just everything you just said in a row just now. I want you to imagine standing in front of like a studio table and explaining, this is what I want to make. This is my movie. And then you right. say everything you just said in a row. Right. They would... They would have you tased and dragged out of the building as a potential yeah, it's threat. Insane. Can you imagine being like, I need four hundred thousand dollars for this scene. I need eleven of your best puppet makers. <laughs> like the, the I need four days with Whoopi. Uh, it's fucking. I it's need so the guy crazy. from Big Trouble in Little China, and he's surprisingly not cheap. <laughs> uh, he's Teddy, not on any of these coupons. <laughs> I, I wrote down that the bad guy, he says, hey, I ain't cleaning this up when, when everything explodes. Yeah, the, uh, everything explodes. That's how they punch the scene, and... right? It's done. The scene is done. No. This, we're still here. Teddy grabs the big trouble in little China guy with his tail. So it's a prehensile tail now. Uh, he, does a, he does a bad breath blow in his face. Like they now have him captured and they're torturing him. It doesn't bother him. So Whoopi punches him and then Theodore Rex sits on him and starts farting on him. Like, they right. fade out he, and then fade back in to show us the passage of time they've been farting on him for fucking hours. He must <laughs> suck a lot of anus, right? Yeah. Because his breath is, like, a considerable force in this film. Like, yes. it brings people that, to their knees. It's the ass-eating breath. Yeah. And dinosaurs are always farting. Um, so, that, now they're going to fart torture him some more. And he finally confesses that, what, like, they threaten to bite him? Like, they're like, oh, oh, right, I'm a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I can, like, bite you and kill you. And he's like, oh, my God, I confess. I'll tell you the whole plot. And so he says, you have to find Kane, but he has hostages. And then he describes the hostages. And they realize, oh, this is that kid I know from the meat stand and the widow whose murder we're investigating. And so they smack him with a tail to knock him out. Maybe kill him. I don't know. Uh, And then... The worm pops out from earlier, and he goes, oh, I quit. So that's fucking two Flintstones gags and fart torture. <laughs> they they <laughs> should have closed the circle, the porky pig circle, on the scene like five times. They have no idea. They know there should be a button, so they're just putting buttons right. on everything, but they don't know that you should leave afterwards. Like, ah, use a button. What do you guys think about just that button? No, you gotta go. Wiping you gotta to go. A different fart. Whoop, fart, whoop, fart. Please let us end the scene. They cut out and came back on the fart scene. (laughs) Why would you? So, yeah, the farts aren't explained. The fucking, the ring isn't explained. There's something weird about dinosaurs dying that I wrote down that hasn't been explained yet. Because earlier, like, there was just weird talk of of the life cycle of dinosaurs. And now it's a real tragic thing. That's not explained. Uh, The psychic shit's not explained. I'm just at this point. Nope. I just took stock of what I know about the movie, and I'm uh, happy to say uh, none of it gets explained by the end of the movie. It's, uh, we cut to the kids. I, I think. I think at this yes. point you just need to cling to whatever driftwood you can. It's just it's right. it's it has pick. It's a snowball picking up mass. 
and it is going to destroy everything <laughs> in its path. Like, it, or you're going to become Add part a chimpanzee. Of it. Throw a chimpanzee in the snow. Throw a chimpanzee. The kid is being held prisoner with a chimpanzee. There was no no expense was spared for even the most pointless whim. Someone said, "What if a chimpanzee?" They're like, "Well, we've got to have to get a chimpanzee wrangler. Do it. Make it happen." <laughs> and now, uh, how does this relate to the movie? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't it does come in not. handy. It, it's never. We you know what? Know we will we'll talk about it once briefly again, but it will never. It doesn't relate to anything. Don't worry. Don't worry about the chimpanzee. They freeze the main bad guy's henchman. Uh, the Herman's head guy, because I think he was hitting on Martin Landau's daughter, uh, or maybe it was part of the plan. The movie's so off the rails at this point, I don't know why they froze like the main, the, the third in line bad guy. Um, Whoopi smashes into the enemy base to distract them. So all the bad guys go over to the front of the truck. They're like, oh, what's this garbage truck doing here in our base? Whoopi Goldberg repels down a rope behind them to give a speech. And I have a clip of the speech, and it's a very long clip. Uh, I just wrote maximum, this, I call this clip Maximum Whoopee. Hey, 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 hey. So, hey, guys, how y'all doing? This bride keeps popping up. Don't I, though? Did you miss me? I bet you did. I missed you. <laughs> we had such a good time. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. We had such a good time when I was shooting at you, you were shooting at me, trying to kill me, remember? And I thought, where do I go if I have a problem? Where did I come? To you. I'm looking for Kane, and I need your help. Now, why would you do that? I'm really crushed. I mean, I came here because I thought you could help. I mean, I'm, I, I'm so emotional, I don't know what to do. And my partner is just really going to be put out by this. Your partner? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to come here by myself, didn't you? Yeah, I know you yeah. did. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't even it's so frustrating to me (laughs) like she is hate fucking this script but also it feels ad-libbed like they're like okay Whoopi this is your you gotta just fast talk these fellas this is well this is how I would torture somebody I would if I hated somebody I would put a, a very stupid situation with millions of dollars on the line and be like and go and they'd be like, what? <laughs> go, go what? Just, you know, go. Right. Get loose. But also, uh, this is one of those situations where she's just talking in a room by herself. Like, she's not there with these people. No. And so... Uh, it oh, feels like the script could have literally said, like, this is a Tyrannosaurus swinging on a yep. rope, hitting you yep. in, in the side. Or anything. It could have said anything. This is obviously an Axel Foley thing is who I associate with. But you you saw this in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like the idea of going up to a bad guy and being like, I'm engaging you in a compellingly silly conversation. Oh, it was a distraction. But uh, there was no need to do any of it. Like, again, Whoopi Goldberg is a super Robocop. Like she can just kill groups of men easily and does later in the movie. Yes. They do this elaborate plan so that the dinosaur can somehow swing down on one of these fucking warehouse ropes they have everywhere. And uh, now they're it's in a gyrocopter. But Bud Corbett is isn't... flying them around on a gyrocopter. It's amazing that it isn't relevant in that last scene that she's a RoboCop and he's a dinosaur. Nope. <laughs> yes. It's a scene Nine... It's a scene with a RoboCop Nine... and a dinosaur. <laughs> and it, and, no, and it nothing, none of that comes into play. And then it Neither ends, of those it cuts things away. ever matter. 
ever in the movie. Then it, it. And then it cuts away to them in a gyrocopter, which is also not explained. You're just... Nope. Right. And it, it so also that, doesn't matter. They sit, yes, it doesn't matter. Like, the idea of these two people, like, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, you're a Robocop, but what do we have? How are we going to take these guys out? Like, well, I got these two ropes. They're like, oh, yeah, between our wits and these two ropes... This dinosaur and Robocop might be able to take out six fellas. You know, it's like, <laughs> Get our rope wits about us. It's a good thing so you found that rope, though, stupid. or we would have been fucked. So, so now what is this, a gyrocopter? Because, because, again, writing movies is hard. They knew they had to get them from point A to point B. Uh, there's, they do a gag where uh, they're hanging Teddy Rex on the bottom of the gyrocopter, and he's like, oh, I'm getting kind of sick. And Whoopi Goldberg's like, don't you fucking dare puke. But he's like twelve feet below her. I don't, I don't get this at all. But they keep hitting it over. And they're flying. Are you fucking puke! I'm gonna be so angry at you. I'm gonna puke. You better not puke. Like who get like, let him why puke? Why does she it care? It takes five minutes. It takes five minutes. This scene. <laughs> and if they he crash. does puke, he's just puking down on whoever. Like, but but he doesn't. He doesn't because they don't and, know what right, this he, joke he is. He doesn't. Right. Like, not only is Whoopi in no danger, uh, she's not at all in the splash under the puke, but yeah. Like, but, like, that scene should end with him puking, like, and it gets on her or something. It's a bad yes. scene, yeah. but that's it how doesn't. it should end. Nothing happens. It shouldn't end with nothing. nothing. happens in this scene. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just to get him here. They crash directly into the room where the boss is, the final boss of the movie. Uh, someone gets shot and turned into a coaster, I wrote down. Uh, that can't be right, but I feel like... <laughs> It must have happened. I wrote it down. Uh, and then Whoopi, the super Robocop, just gets captured by a couple of Jawas. Just a couple of meth heads are like, all right, we got the super cop. Uh, they take her out of the room, and then she just fights her way out. She's like, you know what? I could probably just kill these guys. And then does. And then kills like hundreds more. Uh, sure. Meanwhile, Teddy thrashes his way out of the wreckage, and his creator, his god, explains the whole plan. He's like, yeah, I did all of this. I'm going to freeze the entire world, unfreeze the dinosaurs and a couple of good people, like like the Bible. It's going to be just like the Bible, like the Noah's Ark. Two, two of would... every animal, insect, and plant on Earth that he has now. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, this should work. He will create the new Ice Age. Uh, this would have been a crazy reveal. Uh, we would have said, what? Is that really what's happening? But they already told us about this in the opening crawl. Because every inch of this <laughs> movie sure is broken. <laughs> so then the, the other guy comes in, the guy who looks like the bad guy from The Crow, and he says, we call it survival of the fittest. Which is, it extremely is not. This is a madman freezing two of everything and then killing everybody else. Um, <laughs> he didn't it's have not, like a battle arena to pick the two best ones or something. It's uh, <laughs> a guy with they, a very specific bingo card. <laughs> I think that they invite Theodore Rex in and they, they show him, hey, your girlfriend's frozen. Then again, the girl he walked home one time. Uh, uh, I feel like this might have been a rewrite, like, because we just haven't seen this puppet in a long time. They might have been like, oh, shit, we should freeze her because her puppet probably killed a stuntman or something. I don't know. But anyway, like, <laughs> he reveals the whole plan while Whoopi is killing his entire army. And I, they think Theodore is agreeing to be frozen. They're like, hey, why don't you join us? We could freeze you up, melt you out after we kill the Earth. And he's like, haha, I've tricked you. And he tail whips Martin Landau's daughter into the freeze pod. They freeze her. Whoopi saves the kid and the chimp. And then here comes a couple of Jawas coming in. They're like, ha we'll kill you. And then she starts waving a live grenade. She arms a grenade and waves it at him. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's how she protects a child and an ape. 
<laughs> I like how chill she is. Like at this point in the movie, she's exactly the mental state where we're at, where we're just like, yes. She she sees a kid run out with a chimp and is just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Sure, I, I have no want, questions. I just want this to end one way or the other. Bring the monkey. The this fuck is, not. Here, look. Hold, can is, the monkey hold the grenade? Let's find out. <laughs> This is a Mel Gibson move. I, like he would have been great in this role as a racist cop who doesn't care if he lives or dies. Like that's a Mel Gibson role. Yeah, he's the uh, grenade. Yeah, he's just a real uh, racist grenade. All right, they unfreeze Molly, and she is ecstatic to be reunited with with the bumbling cop who walked her home to the wrong house that one time. Uh, Whoopi is fucking shot dead suddenly, and then Teddy screams, "Why?" to the villains who are. <laughs> Going to kill the entire planet. He's like, why would you shoot someone? <laughs> uh, oh, he so literally, lost. the last lines were him telling him why he's going to shoot them, and then he shoots her. Yes. He's like, why? <laughs> but why would oh, you shoot the one person that I know? <laughs> oh, because of the stuff you said. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah. is it because she's a cop and you're doing a lot of crimes? But then he also gets shot. Not fatally, just in the arm, and he like... Plays it up like, oh, I'm going to die. So they all leave. They're like, oh, cool. You shot that dinosaur in the arm. He's probably probably going to die from that. Uh, Whoopi's alive, but she can't move. She's like fizzing out. Okay. And then she gives what... Um, in any other movie, this is where the one character would like say, hey, it's up to you now. I, 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 do, I know we have some hard times, you and me, but I love you. We're brothers. Uh, they try to do that, and it's so wrong in every direction that it's just fascinating. It's one last final long clip. I'm bonafide, energized, and qualified. Yes, whenever there's a killing fight, I know I'm gonna win. I fuck up a motherfucker every 15 minutes. I caught a star traveling a million miles a minute, slowed it down to the state speed limit. I had the elephants rooting in trees and the motherfucking ants wearing DVD. The perfect clip. Uh, that is how the... <laughs> Sean, did you realize you played the Dolomite clip? Is that the Dolomite clip? No, I can't hear the Dolomite clip. It sure was. <laughs> absolutely amazing. was not the Theater X clip. That's if I hadn't said anything, so Zencaster, when when you name a file something, it saves that forever. And if you upload a file in the future with that same file name, it plays the original. This happened last podcast. Remember when I played the fucking Super Fight song? That wasn't a bit. That was not that was a, a bit. bit. I told you. I promised <laughs> that wasn't a bit, and you didn't believe me. We're on a tight <laughs> ship. It's not uh, my fault. Uh, <laughs> This is anyway, the perfect movie for that to happen. It's so good. It's so good. So, <laughs> I'm uh, glad I was here for this. Since you didn't hear the clip, Whoopi tells him that he needs to use his brains. It, he's he's like, he can't use well, his he dinosaur wants the gun, powers. Right? He wants. He yeah, says, give like, me a gun. I'm going to fucking end this. Yeah. And you're like, hell yeah, T-Rex with a gun. And she, after mowing down 800 people with a gun <laughs> literally a minute ago, and then threatening to explode a boy and an ape out of spite. She's like, no, guns, <laughs> no, guns aren't the right gun. way. You, you were right. You need to use your brain. In a way, this is a character arc because it, the movie faked us out that Teddy's character arc was that he was going to learn how to do violence. He was going to learn how to use a gun to save the world. And then Whoopi's like, no, no, no. Here's the twist. You don't use violence. Gun violence. You use regular violence. Um, so he, he runs outside, he gets a gun immediately, and he's like, no, wait, I remembered what Whoopi said four seconds ago. I've got to throw the gun away. Uh, so he gets a rope instead, 
and he builds a grappling hook with his fucking impossible strength. And then he chases down the bad guy's car. They're just kind of cruising away in a Jeep at normal speed. Uh, I guess to get to a rocket ship, I have no fucking idea where they're going. Uh, he throws the <laughs> grappling hook onto Kane's seat, his car seat, and he just pulls the car seat out of the car at whatever. I, I'm not a mathematician, but the car's going sure. like 30. He's pulling him at about 30. That's 60 miles an hour. This is how you melt a crash test dummy. That is undeniably what happens. The other guy drives into an exploding billboard, like suspiciously exactly like Running Man. And then uh, the missile explodes in space, but not a bad explosion. Like this was supposed to happen for the good guys team. So it explodes harmlessly in space. So the world does not go into an ice age. Cut immediately to Richard Roundtree at like an award ceremony, apologizing to Teddy Rex, giving a speech about like the civil rights of dinosaurs. And then... Also, by the way, I'm promoting it a detective. He's realized his dream. These words are said exactly directly, almost in spite of the Styracosaurus from earlier. The child attending this event still holding the fucking chimpanzee. <laughs> Best friends forever now. Bonding through, through grenade trauma. The horny dinosaur from earlier, for some reason, is in the crowd and yes, makes horny faces at there. her again. He's, he's fully stalking Whoopi Goldberg at this point. Glad we got that uh, character arc. But he's still coming while looking at Whoopi Goldberg. The story wouldn't have been complete without it. This is how the movie is ending. This is happening. Yeah. Yes. They walk directly into the foreground, uh, talking about how they're going to be partners. Uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Those exact words are said because this movie is just a pile of cliches. And then it just says, see ya. Just the the text, see ya, shows up on the screen. And that's the fucking movie. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I didn't think that was ever going to stop. God, yeah, it's just—it was really relentless. We did it. Though. That's more it's longer that's than more the movie things. itself. More things than have ever been in a movie. It was such condensed, stacked madness. It's just—it's a can of snakes. They just stuffed every goddamn piece of shit into one yeah. can yeah. and <laughs> tamped it down yeah. under pressure and gave it to an audience to open. It. And we're like, "Ha ha! Fuck you!" What we've done here shouldn't have happened. Yeah, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. If you set out to make a movie where you got every trope wrong, this would be kind of a work of art. This this would be <laughs> such a realization of your vision. It really, it's it's not art, but it's a valuable no. lesson. Like if I if I ran a film class, I would end every every class with the entire showing of Theodore Rex. <laughs> So that, <laughs> so that they could just really internalize, like, how badly a story can go wrong. Like, oh, wow. no, you, there really are some, like, correct ways to do this and incorrect ways. And here's every single incorrect way that's ever been in human history in one movie, plus a chimp. <laughs> that part's kind of right. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> or right. Or maybe not. I think that chimpanzee probably tore that kid apart moments after they wrapped. <laughs> I'm sure that was his uh, feet. See ya. <laughs> Einstein Hooters Frankfurt. Einstein Hooters Frankfurt. Unser Podcast knallt. Und mit maximalem Schau. Doc Frankfurt Podcast. Correct. Yeah. Der Kraft ist nicht trapped, ist nicht ohne. Schick dich in die Hundesaum. Vier eine Stunde. Komm schon, du kennst die Nummer.
It's the 9,000th annual Monster Dog Rally Supreme, the only monster truck rally where the trucks are also huge angry men and also hot dogs, plus at least one other thing, maybe more, always more, all your favorites are here, Three Finger Louie, the only truck that plays the blues, Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Chavo, Sworn Truck Enemy of Dr. Truckopolis, Unandy Armando Nava, Badger the Feral Truck, that implies you can tame a truck, you can't. Benjamin Cyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock the Truck Magician, what's that behind your ear? It's a truck. Brian Saylor, Brianne Whitney, Barry Tumat, the adult truck, a full-grown truck, Cyril, Rev, Chance McDermott, Chris Brower, Clementine Danger, the truck who sees a therapist, Curious Glare, Dan B, truck therapist, Dat FM Entertainment, Dean Costello, Donald Finney, Dr. Awkward, Dusty's Rad Title, three child trucks in a trench coat trying to sneak into this R-rated truck rally. Eric Spaulding, every zig, fancy shark. Jellaho, the well-hung truck, and the reason this truck rally needs an R-rating. Greg Cunningham, Hambone, Haraka, Harvey Penguini, the hot truck. That's not a sex thing, it's overheating. Hot fart, the hot truck. Also not a sex thing, it's stolen. Honk, the hot truck. Who doesn't know it, so it's still pretty attainable. Jaber Al Aiden, Jet Oroski, Jim Salter, AKA Dr. Truckopolis. John Dean, John Hector McFarland, John McCammon, the truck who graduated college. John Minkoff, Joseph Searles, Josh Fabian, Josh Quicksall, the truck who's a billionaire. Not the driver, it's the truck itself. Josh S, Joshua Graves, Ken Paisley, K-N-M, M. Jahi Chappelle, knows truck jitsu. Mac Miserable is the only truck who knows how to counter truck jitsu. Matt Riley, Max Baroy, the man who swore revenge on all truck kind. Nobody tell him he's also a truck. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mickey Loman, Mike Stiles, AKA Dr. Truckenstein, Moju, AKA Truckenstein's monster. Truck. ND, Neil Bailey, Neil Shaper, Neku 104. <laughs> The truck, who's a man, who's a jungle cat, who's an urban vigilante, who's a little bit sassy. Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herps, Rachel, the mood truck. Don't assume you know what the colors mean. Pink is for destruction. Rhiannon, Sarkovsky, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception. Supernaut, the Funkadelic truck who became lost in time and is now King of the Dinosaurs and prefers to be called King Funkalicious Truckosaurus Rex the Third. 
Ted H. the Coward Truck, who assassinated the Great King Buckalicious Truckosaurus Rex III. Thomas Cavazos, Timmy Leahy, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, the only truck to discover a new type of cave salamander. Yosarian and featuring the truck sensation, sweeping truck nation. Kids love it, moms want it, dads begrudgingly respect it, even if they'll never admit it. Come on down this Sunday and see the one and only Toasty God, the truck eating truck.